Hello and welcome back to What Are You Doing? I'm Michaela Haley and I am interviewing the one and only Kyla Crocker. I met Kyla at Acadia University when I was doing my undergraduate degree in kinesiology and she was kind of this mentor superstar. She was president of the Acadia Kinesiology Society and that's where I first became friends with her, but she also did so many other things in the community and at Acadia. And um, I'm so, so happy to reconnect with her today. She's in Toronto. And Kyla, what are you doing? Right now, currently, I'm looking at the CN Tower. That's all, I only can see half of it because it's very foggy and drinking a kombucha to boost my immune system. Nice. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. It's snowing in Ottawa today, which was such a shock from three days ago when it was plus 16. So how did you end up in Toronto? Well, yeah, let's rewind. You know, <laughs> I never thought I would end up in Toronto. Let's just put that out there. Um, I moved here four years ago for a master program, and I, I'm sure many of your um, listeners know about the SMILE program at Acadia, but U of T kind of wanted to replicate that program here, and so I was ready for a change. I took two years off after Acadia and figured out that I love the behavior side of why people don't move or love to move and working with kids. So Roxanne Seaman actually was like, you should do this master program. I don't think I've ever not thought about something or put a plan in place. Mm-hmm. And so I, I applied and lo and behold, four years later, I'm still in Toronto. Um, it was a big adjustment, like a huge adjustment. Like I remember walking down the street my first day in Toronto and it someone beat their horn and I like waved to them. It's like to now going to like I'm that person beeping my horn in Toronto because it's just like a whole different lifestyle that I had to adapt to and um, I still have my country roots but I came to Toronto for school and uh, finished a master's and now work within an organization um, called Box which I'm I grin every day I've never woken up every single day just so happy with um, and so grateful for what position I have and my position is a coordinator for a physical activity program called box it's all across Canada also in the states um, where we're promoting uh, physical activity within a school setting but also just kind of decreasing that fitness gap and making sure kids are active and getting that um, that vigorous activity that they should so that happened about a year ago, actually, just a few weeks ago. It was my year anniversary. Um, Congratulations. The, I know. <laughs> That's it's so crazy. Funny. It's so crazy. And um, But really how I ended up in that position is I, um, after Christmas, I uh, about a year ago, I uh, lost my job, which was a big professional thing to come right after Christmas, come back, and you, everyone gets gathers you in the boardroom, and they said, effectively, immediately, you no longer have a job so professionally that was a big that was a big whoa I'm in Toronto it costs an arm and a leg and all your toes to live here what am I going to do right um so yeah it was it was wild I've never had a situation I mean I've bounced around um from job to job with a lot in recreation but I was working as an inclusion educator in a non-profit and the funds just weren't there so um, unfortunately, they had to close down. Looking back on that, obviously, I think it was a blessing in disguise. Um, now I work with such an amazing team, um, and every day is a new day. Uh, I've seen a lot of Canada. I've got to see how physical activity impacts different communities um, and just, like, grow as a person. And I think I moved to Toronto for school 
but got out of it so much more just moving to Toronto and learning about the world, different culture. Right. Like there's so much I've learned from just living in Toronto. So Kyla, you've been working for Box just over a year now. How did you get the job? What was the interview process like? Yeah, that's an awesome question because it was like no other interview process I've ever experienced before. I mean, you submitted your cover letter, you submit your resume, um, and then they ask you back for an interview. And I thought it was going to be a phone kind of like screening interview, but it was a video interview. So you had to answer questions that they asked. There was a person on the screen they give you a question and then it's a countdown. Um, and that was my first time experiencing that. So it was a question, how has sport impacted your life, for example, could have been like a question. And you had to answer that question and the time counted down in the corner. So it was a little stressful. And then it went away. And that was your answer. You couldn't change it. You couldn't edit it. So that was very um, a very interesting experience because you're talking to a computer um, and with big smiles and red lipstick on. Hoping that your your personality is coming through and that they're, you're giving the answers they want. Um, and then I got called back for an interview, went into the interview, um, had a great great conversation. I could even just tell um, when I met the two um, girls who I now work with um, that it was I just got a good vibe. And I I literally left the Judas headquarters and I called my mom right away and I said, Mom, this is the job for me like I called her I was like they're gonna tell me in a week if I got it or I didn't get it and I was actually in the hospital not just getting a regular checkup when I got the the voicemail please give us a call back I'm sweating I'm almost in tears (laughs) and then I'm in the hallway and in tears because they're like you have the job so it was a very big build-up but I worked very hard um in each process and I think that that is something I would love for your listeners to kind of gain from that is that put in the work to your resume and your cover letter, make sure people are editing it, giving your um, feedback, prepping for that screening question. Cause you actually, I prepped for all these questions and not one of those questions were asked, but that really gave me confidence to be able to mm-hmm. answer those questions. Right. And uh, go in, go into it like with so much confidence and hopefully good things will come. So, Kyla, growing up in a small community in Nova Scotia, how has sports impacted your life? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I grew up in a very small town outside of Halifax called Middle Muscadabit. And to paint a picture of what our school community was like, our community in general, um, I had 400 people that went to our school from grade 7 to grade 12. And our graduating class might have been 35 to 40 people. So if you played one sport, you played most of, most of the sports that were at the school. And uh, thinking back to any time in my high school experience or in my schooling experience, sport is what I think about the most. The road trips, everything like that, the friendships that I built, the leadership skills that I gained. And you talked about the, the leadership that roles I played at Acadia. I think that growing up and using sport really kind of shaped my abilities and grew me into that um, that leader that I was for sure. And how did you make the decision to go to Acadia and study kinesiology? I think a lot of us um, will go through a time where like, what do we do? Um, I knew I wanted to do study the body. Um, I thought I wanted to do physiotherapy and until fourth year thought I was going the physiotherapy route. So I talked to a lot of different people about what they think I should do. And, um, 
physio- uh, kinesiology was definitely something that interests me. So I went between St. Effects and Acadia. And to be completely honest, what really got me was um, the tour, the tour guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and they at Acadia was much better than St. Effects. And um, the, so that's kind of where my decision lied upon. It's like, I felt in my gut that Acadia was where I was supposed to be, so I went with a gut decision, and I'm so happy. Uh, from the friends, from the mentors, I still talk to Ann Dodge all the time. She's Amazing. the best human yeah. alive. <laughs> so that's why I decided to go to Acadia and study kinesiology, but also the way they had this program set up as a professional development program. I thought that was really interesting compared to a science or just an art. Mm-hmm. And so through that professional development program, you are given the opportunity to be involved in the community um, at a greater capacity, and one of which was SMILE. Can you talk on some of your other involvements that you had during that time? Yeah, so SMILE definitely was a highlight of my, um, well, my journey at Acadia. I even did a fifth year and could not not do the SMILE program. So from the day I started, I started as working with uh, a child and then building my leadership skills up to instructing my own group and helping with that, Um, which led me to Toronto. So it's just so crazy to think about how little things kind of add up. I worked with a basketball team. I was within the student athletic trainer program. So um, that taught me a lot. And it definitely, in the time being, it really helped um, shape if I wanted to do physio or not. I was getting a lot of um, hands-on learning with the basketball team and just that community as well. Um, Working with the student society as well, that was really cool. Um, Taking, seeing how much kin is a family. That's what Mm -hmm. I think I love most about the, the program in general is that everybody knew everybody. It was a family vibe no matter what whether it's an event, whether we have a big test coming up, everyone is so just this close-knit family. So that's something I always like. And getting out into the community, whether that's supporting uh, other events that might have been going on in Wolfville. I mean, Wolfville is not a very big town, and the, the students and all faculties make up that town, and I think it's really great to give back to that community um, during different events that might be going on um, and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, I was wondering if you can touch on some of that adversity you might have felt when you were let go from your job and how you were able to bounce back and rebound to get into this position and to get to where you are right now. Yeah, that's that's a good question. It was, I think, once the shock kind of went away, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I'm a very structured person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just made sure that I was like, okay, there must be a reason that this is happening to me right now. So I made sure that I got up every day and still had a routine. Um, Whether that's applying for three to four more jobs every day, I would make sure I was applying. But also I took that time to rest and recharge and make sure whatever route I was going, it was not just because I wanted a job. Thankfully, I was working um, at Shoppers Drug Mart at the time as well. So I was able to have that uh, financial support. So I was able to give myself a little bit of time in terms of, getting offers of some jobs, but making sure that is this what I want to do instead of just grabbing at that um, that first offer. I think that's a really important thing that I um, have learned going through job interviews is 
um, when you're doing the interview, make sure you're asking those right questions to the organization. Like, what's the culture working here? Um, what, what, what? Um, another great question is like, what? How do you feel at the end of your workday? Like, that's something I ask all the time when I was in interviews. It's because you're trying to get just as much information about, um, from them as they're trying to get from you. So ensuring that I'm just developing those skills um, in that four-month time period. So I did actually give myself a time period. If I didn't have a job by um, April 1st, I was actually going to move home to Nova Scotia and explore that. But that was also a time when I explored meditation and Ooh. became, yeah, and I found this mindset gym in Toronto, and it was gave me this accountability and just to explore um, something, a practice that I've never explored before. Um, so that really helped calm any anxiety or different things that I might have had during that time of, oh, shit, I really don't have a job. Um, but knew that um, if I was to just continue do, uh, building myself up and sticking to my timeline that something would come out and it definitely did I'm very happy that's amazing I'm wondering if I can kind of piggyback off of what you had said about the importance of having a structure for yourself and kind of tie it into the current events so dealing with coronavirus right now the COVID-19 what do you what are you doing to stay occupied during these uncertain times and during isolation and how are you kind of maintaining that balance or structure that you kind of desire yeah, that's awesome. And honestly, the first thing, I mean, the last, last week, it's been weird. It's been a lot of confusion. Like, I tell my friends, and we're always talking, it's like, I never thought I would live through a time where we were in this much of a crisis in the world. I didn't think I would live to it. Um, so last week, I watched a lot of news. This week, I have not watched a lot of news. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's more... Um, how much media we take in and where we're getting that information from. It's important to stay up to date for sure, but I definitely noticed last week that my anxiety was very up because I was following everything on the news and um, kind of exaggerated. What's that word? What's the Exasperated? Word yeah, that. And it, because everything, it was one day, it was something, and then it just, it's just escalated. Mm -hmm. So getting back, like, I know that we are in, this is our new normal. So for me, it's just having a structured routine. Fitness is super important to me. Thankful, very thankful when I am in Toronto, where I really felt that I, to my core that I, I fit in in Toronto was when I found a fitness community. I think community, whether whatever kind of community um, that is for support, um, whether we're in a crisis or not, um, I was, I'm still able to connect with this community through virtual classes and so that has helped me make sure that I am on my schedule whether I'm, wor I'm working and then I'm working out or I'm working out and then I'm working um in terms of like work from home remote remotely and different things like that with the crisis it hasn't um and I don't want to say crisis but with the virus um and a lot of people being sent home to work remotely that's my everyday so that wasn't a big change that I didn't have okay. to adjust to I work remotely um so our team is very virtual, so we, we make sure we have Skype calls and different things like that. So um, it, in terms of working, it hasn't changed a lot for me uh, in terms of, but my team has responded and trying to support our families and um, trainers across Canada with virtual workouts um, and stuff that they can do to stay active with their families. So that's been really positive in the last week. So 
just staying active and drinking a lot of kombucha. Nice. I'm sleeping a lot. I'm sleeping a lot, but um, also taking the time to reflect. Like, I know we say we wouldn't live in a time like this, but, like, why is this happening? Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes I think it's, like, this gift of time. Like, we are never going to have this time Um, again. I can almost guarantee, don't mark my words, but I don't think we're we're being given this gift to connect with yourself more, to learn something you've never wanted, you've always wanted to learn different things like that um rest and recharge because you know when we do get back to the quote-unquote normal every day um it's going to be full speed ahead definitely i think those are some not only great interview tips earlier but some great ways to kind of embrace the present moment i have a question about meditation now so if there's anyone who's listening who's never um been or is maybe a little skeptical to start in meditation what would you say to them or how do you recommend going about exploring that this kind of practice? Um, I think for me, meditation is this practice where it is what you need it to be. It doesn't look the same for everybody. It doesn't mean that you're sitting there and not thinking. Um, something big for me is that when you sit in whatever mindfulness practice it is, if you have a thought come in, something big that I always tell myself is you acknowledge that thought and then let it go. It's So you're acknowledging that you're having that thought and letting it go and just continuing your practice. But it could be one minute. It could be 10 minutes. It could be 20 minutes. Um, but it's different for everybody. But I do think that the more that we are able to sit in stillness, the more that you can discover um, about yourself. And one thing I noticed from back I was able to I wasn't as reactive with meditation so when I meditated I wasn't reactive to something I was able to process it a lot smoother in terms of if someone said something or something happened I have more of this calmness and peace within myself um so that was really cool so I would say to anybody that's thinking about dabbling in meditation let's say is to try different things for me at first it was I found a gym that offered meditation Mm-hmm. And that held me accountable and something I was driven to go to every day. Um, there's lots of different apps as well. But it, it, finding out if you like music, finding out if you just want to sit there. Is it just, do you need the sound of waves? Do you need a guided meditation? Do you like to lay down? Do you like to sit? Um, it looks different for everyone. I mean, I know people who, as soon as they go to work and they park their car, that's their five minutes and they meditate in their car. So finding that space that allows you to be able to um, be in stillness, I think is the first step. Wow, I like that. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Yeah, this is a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, I love this question a lot because it makes me reflect and I'm sure I've been given so much advice that, um, but I can't think of it right now. But one thing that always sticks with me is I don't even remember who said it, but it was be patient with yourself. And that really stuck with me, uh, especially moving away from home and being patient with yourself. And I think we also live in this um, society where we compare ourselves to others or we're this old, so we should be doing this. And I think everyone's on this journey. There's no right turns or no left turns. We're going to con- uh, conquer this puzzle of life. Um, on our own and your your path doesn't look like my path so I think that's the biggest 
piece of advice that is really be patient with yourself. Even a daily day to day, like just be patient with yourself and where you're at and just own it, own it. If you need to take some time, take some time. If you need to reevaluate um, what you're doing, then reevaluate. But just be patient with yourself. Things are going to line up the way that they're supposed to. Um, just kind of, yeah, that was the best piece of advice I've ever received. It made me really slow down and reflect. Like, I don't need to, I might, I might be turning 29 this year. And a lot of um, people might say, oh, she's turning 29. She should be married. She should have a mm-hmm. host. You should have this. We don't need to. Like, there's yeah. no rule book that says that in life. And I think that's the biggest kind of societal norm that I really want to break. And I talk to younger people and they're like, oh, well, I'm turning this. It doesn't matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. You are doing, you're doing your own life. I really like we're gonna yeah yeah what you had said there um really resonated with me where like there's no timeline kind of thing but also mm-hmm. just like you're acknowledging being patient with yourself but also acknowledging the fact that other people are on other journeys and different journeys so it's not there's no one way to do it and I just that I really like that that's good advice <laughs> yeah and I think too like acknowledging other people that are on their own path and something I professionally like the be patient with yourself with something like personally, but professionally, I think this is also a really good one. I always say get curious instead of furious. Mm-hmm. Um, communication in, in any relationship, whether that's professional or personal, I think that's a really good one because you're talking about getting um, what someone else is thinking or whatever path they're on. But when we're talking to people and maybe something hits a nerve or you're like, oh, whoa, I don't understand getting curious of why people do what they do instead of furious will only expand your horizons as a learner as well. So I think that would be um, another piece of great um, advice that I was received and always pass that down. Like if someone says something, get really curious about it instead mm-hmm. of if it strikes a nerve. So that's yeah. just another little tad bit I wanted to add on there. I like it. I'm just kind of not throwing you under the bus here, but you've had, you have a lot of accolades to your name. You've done a lot of cool things. You even briefly mentioned, um, being interviewed for a podcast with Global Health, I think, or sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was a health and wellness podcast for uh, my position. Yeah, it was really cool. So what is something recent um, that makes you feel really proud? Or what's something you've done that you just are really accomplished and just, I don't know, makes you smile? Yeah, that's an awesome question. Oh my goodness. I know you're not prepared for it, but... (laughs) No, no, it's really recently, and I want to say recently as in 2020, Mm -hmm. um, really got into this um, ensuring that I make my bed every morning. Awesome. Yes, there's times that, like, I don't make it, but it really does impact um, just different things throughout the day. Like, if I don't make it, and then I reflect on my day, I'm like, hmm, no. I don't think it was a, a great day. Like, it just starts my day off well when mm-hmm. I make my bed. So I'm just super proud that I've stuck with that habit. So I think it's really big. Um, it's really easy to follow out of habits. But uh, that's one that, whether it looks nice or doesn't, I'm super proud <laughs> that I have done that. Awesome. Good for you. Um, and for all those people that know Kyla, you're kind of known for being this bubble of shun- sunshine, this super enthusiastic, positive person. I'm wondering, how do you, how are you able to keep that up? Is it kind of a, a switch you turn on and off and you have time to decompress and you're just kind of quiet with yourself and that's your meditation time, but you, you're able to gather all this energy from other people, typically being like an extroverted person. How do you manage to stay pretty consistent? 
yeah, that's an excellent question. And I think um, when we were going to school together, I was that extrovert person. But I would say since probably in the last two years, I've really dived deep into like the self-discovery and self-journey. And um, I've really understood that like I can't give, give, give energy mm-hmm. if I don't give that to myself. So I especially in this time what we're living right now, I'm very much learning that I am an introvert that needs to recharge my batteries. And that's how I tell myself Mm -hmm. I need to be able to say no. And I need to be able to say yes to things that are going to fill my cup so that I can help others because that is what I do thrive off of. I thrive off of helping others and ensuring that when I show up into a room that um, my energy affects that the space that Mm -hmm. I'm in, especially working with kids day to day. Um, So I've really learned that practicing um the term right now is self-care and self-love um daily whether that is um like I'm reading or whether that is making sure I have a cup of tea whatever it is I don't drink tea I don't know why I I don't drink tea but um that's something that I make sure I do and something um, else is sleep I love sleep and I don't function as a human if I don't get eight hours. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm very strict about. Um, My body is used to my sleep routine and it's something growing up until probably about 20, I'm turning 29 this year. So probably only two years that I thought I only needed five hours of sleep. Oh my gosh. And right. We (laughs) think that we need like this less sleep, but I have seen um, a huge difference in um, my productivity, in my performance, in the gym, different things like that. And I know that has to do a lot with my sleep hygiene. That's amazing. One really interesting thing that kind of stuck out when you were speaking and it was something I was going to follow up with was how did you learn to say no or how did you get better at saying no and choosing which relationships or what commitments you wanted to give energy into? Just a quick tip for people who might be struggling with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't have a full-on answer because this is something that I've struggled with a lot, but I would say my biggest tip is... um, Get sleep. What is the outcome? Yeah, get sleep. (laughs) Get sleep. But, like, what is the outcome? How are you serving in that situation? Mm -hmm. Um, And what is that outcome? So are are you able to provide your full attention and energy in that situation? Then, okay evaluate that I do it with my friends all the time as well like they'll say oh let's go out no I can't like I don't want to it's not that I don't want to but I'm saying no because I know that I need to stay in so being able to set boundaries and that's something that's really hard to do is making sure that you are well aware of what your boundaries are um and being able to stick to your boundaries and um hopefully the it's reciprocated on the other end um when you are in whatever relationship that is Amazing. I, uh, the outcome thing is something really important because I think in the spur of the moment, people are often feel inclined to say yes or no and mm-hmm. without considering what's the end goal, what is this going to achieve or accomplish. And I think reminding yourself, just saying like outcome or something, having some kind of outcome. word or whatever that will like remind you to consider all aspects. That's- oh, absolutely. So we're going to wind down now. Just a couple questions left. If you could make one difference in the world, what would it be and why? Yeah, I love this question. I mean, I think we all are striving to make a difference. But I think for me, it's I want to continue this journey of 
self-discovery and share that journey. Uh, I think when we really dial in and ask ourselves those tough questions, we sit in stillness and we become vulnerable. There's just, there's so much power in that for us to have that connection with ourselves and others. And when we deepen that love for ourselves, um, there's more love to share around us. So I guess like my message that I would want to carry is I think we, I want to be able to share um, stories that maybe I haven't shared um, to open up that vulnerability because I think as a society we need to be more vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and then people will learn from that or people will also share their stories because everyone has a story and I think it's really important that, um, that, sh- that we are all heard. A hundred percent. That's kind of the what motivated this podcast and stuff. And even I think it's only recently that like in the last couple of years that I've realized how much strength there is in vulnerability and how mm-hmm. it's so powerful to just unashamedly be who you are as long as you're like trying to be the best person that you can be. Um, oh, no, but like, yeah, don't apologize for for what you're trying to accomplish and achieve. I love that. Is there? Yeah anything else you would like to share with any of the listeners i wish every i don't know when you will post this but i wish <laughs> everyone well in this uh, pandemic that we're in i think also just just i'm gonna use my own advice be patient with yourself keep it real um and always allow time for yourself i think to one of my favorite quotes um People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but um, but they'll never forget how you made them how you you made them feel. And that's really important to me when I show up in my job, when I show up in my personal life. It's I'm there, and that's my purpose. And I don't care what my message is. I want them to feel um, great with my presence. So that's kind of what I want to leave with everyone: is just keep it real, be yourself. Amazing. So I was going to ask if there is a favorite quote, but was that the one you? That is the one, and I think it's so important. When I run programming with kids, that's what I think as soon as Mm -hmm. I go in there. I don't care if my schedule goes off, you know what, as long as those kids are having fun Mm -hmm. and they make that connection with physical activity, then I'm happy. Um, But yeah, that's my favorite quote. That's amazing. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast, and thank you so much for sharing all your energy and joy and enthusiasm with other people. Um, I can attest for how you make other people feel, and it's really remarkable. So please continue shining your light and doing all that positive stuff. Thank you. Thank you. This was so much fun. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So if you're listening and you have a story you'd like to share, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, I love to hear all the feedback. I can only get better with that. And I hope you're all doing well and staying safe and happy. And that's all from me. Anything, Kyla? Have a good day. Nice. Peace and love. <laughs>